0: Hey, everybody, before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that on Thursday, December 10th, that is next week at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, Mark and I are doing a live public domain winter spectacular with some amazing musical guests and, of course, one of our favorites, Paget Brewster, joining us for a special holiday clean Slate. You are not going to want to miss this, folks. Go to live to get your tickets. Proceeds benefit lift, empowering families to break the cycle of poverty. Again, live Thursday, December 12th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Even if you can't be there live, you can still watch it later on. Go get your tickets right now. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Mark, if there's one thing that you know about me, it's that I own three t-shirts. If there's two things that you know about me, (laughs) it's that I am a cereal fanatic. If you were to look in my background right now, you would see cereal Mm -hmm. everywhere. And Magic Spoon has taken cereals that we loved as children and made them healthier for us as adults without sacrificing any of the flavor.
1: Hal, I have to say, people of the world, can you hear this? That is the sound of a spoon tapping on a bowl because I did not even know that we were doing a magic spoon ad when I sat down at my computer (laughs) right now. I literally just had a bowl of blueberry magic spoon (laughs) cereal. I sat down and I'm just, Hal and I are just chatting and I'm eating it and then I'm like, okay, which I, oh, we're doing magic spoon today. It was, it's just become a part of my life now is if you're a person that just grabs a bowl of cereal whenever, this is one that you don't feel guilty about because it is zero sugar, 11 grams of protein and only three net carbs in each serving so you don't have to feel guilty about it you got four flavors cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry blueberry being my favorite that's your favorite it's my favorite i thought it was going to be the fruity one because i loved the fruity one and yeah. then I tried the blueberry one it was the fourth one I tried and I was like oh this is MVP.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite? I thought it was going to be the fruity one too but I think the frosted is my favorite. I like just a simple yeah. frosted it's so great. You know if you're trying to eat healthier, it's keto friendly, it's gluten free, it's grain free, soy free, low carb and GMO free. Here's what I want you to do. We both want you to do this, but I'll say it. We want you to go to (laughs) magicspoon.com forward slash we got this to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code we got this at checkout to get free shipping.
1: Yes, that's right. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, now this is only applies to the cereal. It's not like your general happiness a hundred percent guarantee but if it's related to the cereal and you're not happy for any reason then they'll refund your money no questions asked that is magicspoon.com slash we got this and use the code we got this and you
0: get free shipping thank you magic spoon for sponsoring this podcast and now enjoy this episode of we got this with mark and Hal. hello i'm hal lublin and i'm mark gagliardi since the dawn of humanity one issue has gone unsettled, with the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle, once and for all. Best Christmas Ghost.
1: That's right, don't worry everyone, we got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes they should. No they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this.
0: Hey, Hal. Hello. <laughs> you want to tell me the thing you were going to tell me? You said, I'm yeah. tell you something. Tell me. Here's the
1: thing that I did. For those who don't know, I am out of the country and in quarantine right now. That's right. For cuteness. For cuteness. <laughs> I am in quarantine. I've not left the apartment that I am in for days. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow I have lost my wallet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hal just did a spit take <laughs> you had it when you when's the last where is the last place you saw it was it in the apartment? that
1: table it was that table behind me in the apartment
0: Who has access? We need motive. We need opportunity. No one has access but me.
1: It is somewhere. I have scoured this place top to bottom. I have – wearing black, by the way, when you're looking for something and crawling all over the floor is a terrible idea because when you stand up, you look like a dog blanket. (laughs) I have no idea where my wallet went and I have not
0: left. Wow. That's – Yeah. that is the most marked thing that could happen. <laughs>
1: it really is. I like, I thought I, 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 I'm looking around the apartment for it and I had to stop and take a moment. And I think I did audibly go ah, really gags. <laughs> like my brain
0: just, even you got to the point. Even,
1: even I knew that I was being entirely too on brand. The, Ooh, maybe the scenario, it's between the couches.
0: The The nope. scenario you're setting up sounds like one of those like riddles like, uh, a body lays on the floor there's water <laughs> everywhere a curtain billows to the side right. what happened <laughs> an apartment abroad a missing wallet oh my god A frustrated and confused actor who looks like i a have dog. no
1: idea what's happening
0: yeah. what happened
1: <laughs> oh the answer correct answer is uh
0: this guy do you think do you think in keeping with the theme of this episode that at night while you're sleeping you'll be visited by the ghost of your wallet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the ghost of wallets past. Like my great big Velcro one that had a picture of Michael Jackson on it.
0: <laughs> oh, that you taped on there or came with it like printed. No, on?
1: it it was like a printed Michael Jackson eighties. <laughs> <laughs> beat it it was actually the picture it was a uh, a two-tone version of the picture on the
0: cover of the bad album oh where he's like in repose mm-hmm. yeah he's like no, that's,
1: that's thriller this is the one where he's standing
0: in oh the bad black oh yeah with, made of yes. zippers with all the zippers yeah. i have i for some reason you said bad and in my head i was like thriller right maybe it was the maybe it was the leaned back thriller all i know was that era like
1: youngish michael jackson
0: yeah sure yeah there's a big leap between thriller and bad though he had already started to like metamorphosize and really like he changed his look from the 70s into the 80s so He had yeah. job and then he changed his hair and that he cha- but mm-hmm. by night like i remember when bad came out i was like wow he's he looks way different yeah i guess that's before. true
1: i now that i'm thinking about it it was thriller michael jackson because his hair was short Hmm. And he didn't have that one permanently matted down spot on his forehead. Yes, the special. I don't know girl. why that always that drove me crazy. That just one spot that was like, dude, just fluff that up when you do the rest mm-hmm. of your hair. Yeah, uh, it's a whole look. Uh, a what, whole is your, <laughs> what is your what is your most ridiculous wallet? Did you ever have a fun <laughs> like when you were a kid? The bacon I mean,
0: wallet or the one made out of duct tape that a bunch of people made. I had like the per the coin purse that was rubbed a little squeezy, ru- it. <laughs> yeah, but like, was it full of coins or tokens? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I would have I, tokens would have been in my pocket because I could spend them quicker.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: I don't even know if I. I think I maybe carried it around. Maybe it was maybe like an ET or something, and I would carry it around. For a little bit, but then it was heavy because it had coins in it. So I would just say, forget it. Like, what do I need commerce for? I'm six. <laughs> I don't, I have no concept of spe- One time, sure. When I was a kid, we, the ice cream truck was coming and mm-hmm. I was so excited. I had to <laughs>
1: <be> like <laughs> – Exactly. <laughs> 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 you
0: heard that coming. You got excited. So my parents gave me a dollar to go outside and I went outside and I waited and I heard the. <laughs> And it sounded like it was getting closer, and then it went further away. It never came to our block. So what did I do? As a very young child, I I want to say I was like five years old. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, the truck didn't come. I guess we don't need this dollar. And I tore it into small pieces and threw it in the gutter. You are terrible at money. And came back in, and (laughs) I was like, the ice cream truck didn't come. And my parents are like, where's that dollar that we gave you. I'm like, don't worry. I took care of it. <laughs> you won't have to see that dollar again. I know you were anxious to get rid of it. When we had no, we had no money at the time. It was yeah. a big deal to get like, they were expecting oh change from that. And so I had to yeah. do, they devised a. Yeah. I broke it up into quarters. Chores.
1: Here's a quarter of it. Here's a quarter of it. <laughs> I, more, you know what? More Screw like I broke it. It up, I'll <laughs> divide it up into tenths.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I broke it up into like dimes or nickels. So they, <laughs> they devised a series of chores. The, the mm-hmm. sum total of which would equal one dollar of labor. And I think they came out ahead on it. Even though it was sure like a did. kid. It wasn't like wax on, wax off. It was like, clean your room, make your bed. I, we didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't I know run. that, I
1: know that you viewed doing housework as a particular torture because you referred to it as them devising a series of chores. <laughs> and the only time that phrase ever gets used is when something nefarious. <laughs> That you do not want is happening. Well, they devised a series of chores (laughs) that I must accomplish to reach the castle in the middle where David Bowie is wearing a codpiece. Sorry, I just saw Labyrinth at the drive-in recently.
0: (laughs) Is that where your wallet is? Are you sure you didn't leave it at the drive-in? Man, here's
1: what's weird. I have the cards from it. So it's not, it doesn't, it's, I'm not really in dire straits because no. like I was, I had taken a couple of the cards out when I was trying to buy stuff online and cards weren't working because whatever reason overseas or I hadn't called the bank or whatever. So I have the cards and I have my passport, but I just don't have a wallet. I'm not freaking out about it though because of those things. Like I have an ID, I have the most official ID you can have and I have a way to get to my money.
0: I think I know what happened.
1: i I don't think you do i think this is gonna be a mean joke
0: no i think it's the what happened i think i figured it out i think your wallet left you and wanted you to have it's like uh you know you're asleep and Mm -hmm. the wallet like snuck out of bed and took all of its cards out and like i'm gonna leave these for mark but it's time for me to go my own way and then it slid underneath the door and oh, slinked oh. off like a mucket worm. It reached inside itself,
1: grabbed a five dollar bill, crumpled it up, and threw it on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Here, this is for a taxi.
0: I it was gone. <laughs> I
1: can't take a taxi, I'm in quarantine. Roxanne. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the name of your wallet, right? Your wallet's name is Roxanne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it had a it had a, a two-tone picture of Sting on it. <laughs> <laughs> Young Sting. Youngsting. But we're not here to talk about wallets or Michael Jackson or, you know, any of my stupidities. Could have we are me. here today to talk. Fair enough. We generally are here to talk about my stupidities. Um, <laughs> we are here today to talk about Christmas. Once again, it's the holiday season. Happy holidays, yes. Hal. Happy
0: holidays to you.
1: Sorry that most of these
0: are about Christmas, but you know it's well established that I love. It's well Christmas.
1: established that you love Christmas. I'm down. This was suggested by. Let me let me check. Uh, it- Mark Agliardi. Oh, good. I was going to yeah. say, did you
0: lose the suggestions? <laughs> 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 I just had it here. That's why we've been filling time talking about your wallet. You had oh, the suggestion. My God. I actually don't know.
1: Somebody may have suggested this, but it well, popped into my now. head. It's mine now. I'm taking it. Uh Anybody, whoever, if you did suggest it, then you know what? We are simpatico, you and I. We're going to talk about Christmas ghosts, specifically yeah. the three ghosts from Charles Dickens' immortal classic, A Christmas Carol. Four ghosts. Sorry. Hal held up four fingers over our Zoom call. Four ghosts (laughs) that encompass Ebenezer Scrooge's one very strange night. Here's what I don't understand about the timing of the ghosts in A Christmas Carol. I think later versions and movies have fixed it, but the way that Jacob Marley describes when the ghosts are going to show up in the original book, like the movies nowadays, they fixed it. They just say, expect the first when the bell tolls one, the second when the bell tolls two, and the third when the bell tolls three, right? And that's how they do it. In the original book, the timing of the ghosts is an absolute mess that has always bothered me from the time I was a little kid. Okay. Here's a quote of the way in the original text what jacob marley says expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one so it's christmas eve this i understand you know you can people who are being pedantic will say "Uh, technically 1 a.m is tomorrow and you're like all right fine so expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one right then he says expect the second on the next night at the same hour The third upon the next night when the last stroke of 12 has ceased to vibrate. So bear with me. What Jacob Marley says is going to happen is there's going to be a ghost at 1 a.m. on Christmas. There's going to be a ghost at 1 a.m. on December 26th. And there's going to be a ghost at midnight on the 27th. And yet when he wakes up, it is Christmas morning. So this has always been a confusing thing to me.
0: It's weird, but I think it's – I'm glad you brought up Jacob Marley first. I feel like we should Mm -hmm. maybe talk about these ghosts in the order in which they appear. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I think you've illustrated really well why Jacob Marley probably won't win. Here's why. Here's my theory. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Nobody – he – first of all, he doesn't have the right schedule because none of the ghosts have bothered to tell him. And the reason why – is all the other ghosts are super busy. Like, Scrooge is not the only person that they're visiting. There's a reason why they're like, all right, here's your past. Now I got to get out of here. I got to go see (laughs) Joe Schmendrick over on the other side of the Tower of London. But Marley only has to visit one guy. Like, how big was his social circle? Even if he was a successful businessman, he obviously pushed all those people away. So it's not like he's like, you know, I feel like what's not in the book or any of the films is after he's done delivering the message and he's like, so, do you want to hang out a little while? <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? I mean, I know I've been watching, you know, you're forging the chains of the afterlife. Uh, look, all you uh, Marley,
1: you said someone was coming at, at one in the morning. I should oh. probably get some sleep before that.
0: Absolutely, you should get sleep. But also,
1: right. question, uh, Jacob, Jacob, w- uh, yes. what? Is, the, is the- it another one of your hypotheticals from when we were working together?
0: Let's find out. What if. Oh, geez. You started Here we a go. New, a new business where you're oh, partnered God. with a ghost and it's a haunted what? money lending. This
1: sounds a bit more like a tale from a dime novel than from an actual business
0: uh, portfolio. Oh, what is new with dime novels, by the way? Read them all to me. I haven't have got years.
1: to get to bed, Jacob. Yes. I'm terribly sorry.
0: Of course. I'm so sorry, Scrooge, you should be going to bed because the ghosts are coming. But I'm right. here now. And I'm just ugh. wondering what are you thinking?
1: What what am I thinking? I'm thinking in this mm. moment. My God, I've got to get to bed. How do I get this man out of my home?
0: Ooh, very interesting. Say more.
1: <laughs> Jacob, for God's sake, I've look, I've got three ghosts to visit me. I've yes, got three a ghosts. St-
0: <sighs> plus one. I am a ghost, you know. I I'm know. very busy. Oh. Here I could be go. anywhere tonight. Here we go again. And yet I've come to visit you, and you completely Laying the me. guilt on. Like I don't matter at all. Oh, poor J. Gamali, he's just dead. He looks like he had tooth surgery and he's covered in chains. But You've we won't been... ask about him.
1: Yeah, well, why would we ask about you? It's been seven years this very night.
0: That's right. I died on Christmas Eve. The saddest way to die of all and how yet, is that toothache not at all oh it's terrible it has not healed at all and i don't even get to change the bandage because it's chained onto my head <laughs> thanks for asking can i talk to hal again yeah i'm here do you think <laughs> do you think let's hey is hal there is are we inside the actress studio
1: yeah can i speak with hal <laughs> uh may i speak with hal now um, no, I just know that you and I could play that game forever. True. <laughs> do you think it's a toothache? Is that what your assum- the assumption you're working with is? Unless his jaw's about to fall off. That's what I thought it was. I thought that in Victorian times, they would do that to keep your mouth closed. Oh, would they? I don't, On a dead body movie. that they would uh, sort of bandage a dead body's mouth shut so it wouldn't drop open. There was one of the Christmas Carol movies where he pulls the thing off and his mouth – there's actually multiple movies where that happens mm. and his mouth drops open. One of them um. is done uh, digitally. I think it's probably the Jim Carrey version, right? Where it's done it digitally drops, but there's one where it's whichever old English actor is playing Jacob Marley. He's like, I shall do it myself using nothing but the physical instrument I was given. So he takes the bandage off in the movie and then just <laughs> drops his mouth open cartoonishly. And <laughs> it always kind of took me out of it. <laughs> That moment I'm like, this is just a this is just an old British actor being like, "I shall embody this role of Jacob Marley uh, just, bring it, it, me it, real it. chains. What are these foam
0: <laughs> yes uh mr Mr weatherby we we have to use foam chains. We can't use actual chains because of insurance reasons
1: It's Lord Weatherby
0: uh, Lord Weatherby, I'm sorry, oh well, this is Cleveland.
1: Yes, I I did not buy one square foot of Scottish land online to be called Mr. Weatherly.
0: <laughs> Can you take off the tartan, please? We're ready to roll. Nay. <laughs> Do you think as soon as he did the jaw drop, they had to edit it real quickly because he went, cut and print.
1: <laughs> that was wonderful.
0: Got it in one, everybody.
1: I'll be in whatever Indiana assumes as a trailer.
0: (laughs) Cleveland is in Ohio, sir. Lord.
1: Wherever I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jacob Marley was always my favorite character as a kid. Because Jacob Marley, he was so theatrical. You know what a part of it was, is Mm. I did the play A Christmas Carol when I was a kid in Tennessee and it was the big production in the city that like every year they did it and every year they had kids from the town would, you know, play all the kids in the show. And it was sure. put on by the, it was either the university did it or the Knoxville opera company did it. It was like a big, big deal. And so it was at a huge budget. And it was the first, it was one of those shows that was. The first time I had seen, I saw it one year and then I did it the next year. It's Ooh. one of those shows that introduced me to the magic of theater because it would actually snow on stage, which blew my mind. Uh, the stage revolved, which was the first time i had ever seen that. It was, I mean, all of these things for this, like a little kid that had not seen a lot of theater to go, oh, I mean, I was probably six or seven at the time, maybe. And it just, it was just wonderful. And Jacob Marley was, they had like dry ice or a fog machine or something blowing. So he had smoke all around him. He was in this special greenish light and he was, he was just in this beautiful macabre costume that was sort of covered in dust and these chains. And it was the most theatrical thing in the show. So I became obsessed with Jacob Marley to the point where I still have somewhere, I think at my mom's house, a Jacob Marley doll. (laughs) I know it's weird for a kid to have a Jacob Marley doll, but I I would bring it out every Christmas. It was like my own – I had my very own Christmas decoration and it was this Jacob Marley doll. And so when I did the play, I was like obsessed with it and it was this old thespian played Marley. It's always the way like they just get uh, like – Whoever played Leia last season? It's almost like like Marley has because he comes in for one scene and crushes it. You get an actor with more gravitas to play Marley than you do even for Scrooge. You know what I mean? Sure. Yes, yes. You have to like
0: it's it's a yeah, lot to we're, carry as an actor. You have to inspire fright and also mm-hmm. have compassion. You have to make that believable also, jaw drop thing. You have to do the jaw drop. Did you see Derek Jacoby's Marley at the Globe? <laughs> <laughs> no. This feels like the kind of thing, like, <laughs> I'm doing Marley at the Globe this season.
1: Oh, are Very you doing shy. the
0: mouth thing? Mm, of course. I've been training with a, a mouthologist for months.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I love Jacob Marley. But look, he does. the guy does not understand how time works.
0: Yeah. He doesn't understand that. Like you get the sense that maybe he wasn't that good of a business. Like Scrooge is, I, he obviously has wealth, but that office is terrible. Mm-hmm. How were two of them ever there?
1: Yeah. This is just, and- just jerks, just real jerks. You, you, oh, you expect one Michael Scott to work in the office,
0: <laughs> not two, but even Michael <laughs> Scott means well. Yeah. They made competing threat level midnights. Yeah. <laughs> one year. <laughs> But also he doesn't, I mean, he sets up the premise of Mm -hmm. morality and why he's being visited. Right. And in a sense, he's, you would assume for the sake of argument in this, we are going Mm -hmm. to, we're going to work under the presumption that the ghosts are real and that this is not all just Scrooge's conscience coming to haunt him. Okay. So in that sense, Marley has chosen, you could then theorize Marley has chosen Scrooge for this. To say, I'm suffering this terrible fate, there's still time for Scrooge, I'm going to right this wrong for someone else. No Do you think he, he put it me. into motion? I think so, he would have to, right? Unless there's somebody who's in like the office of Christmas Redemption, it's like, what about Scrooge this year? As long as we're going to blue sky this thing.
1: I mean, look, yeah, I Harley. don't know, I, and not to get into the theology of it, but I know that... uh that Charles Dickens was a pretty religious guy. He wrote Mm. the life of our Lord. Uh, I mean, he wrote his own version of the Bible for kids. Um, it could very well, you know what I mean? Like it could be that, uh, Jacob Marley is working for whatever higher power there is. He has been ordered to do this. It doesn't really go into that. It's actually a really cool story. I wonder if I like the idea better that Jacob Marley is doing it of his own volition, because he cares about Scrooge, as terrible as Scrooge is, they only had one another. Yeah, And Marley even says, he's like, look, I've been, I've, for these seven years, I've been wandering the world covered with these heavy chains and cash boxes. And every time I made someone suffer, we put another link in the chain. And, you know, you get the sense that he does feel actual remorse.
0: Yeah. And also, if he's ordered to do it, don't you think he'd be really bitter? Like, oh, this was an option? <laughs> I went down the same. What makes him so special? I died seven years ago on Christmas Eve, by the way. Thank you very much. (laughs) And no ghosts visited me at all. You just decided, well, let's end this one. And now maybe you didn't have any friends. Well, he had Scrooge. They had only each other. Scrooge wasn't dead yet to come visit him as a ghost. If Scrooge had gone first, he would have visited Marley. But exactly. It's like he's like, oh, because I didn't make more friends. Is that how it works? It's all about who you know over here, (laughs) isn't it? It's not at all about a merit-based system. Clearly, I'm going to go do this, so I'm a great guy. I don't get spared. I got all these boxes and chains. I got to wear for how long? Oh, right, forever. Plus, nobody's (laughs) fixing my jaw. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll go do it. No big deal. It's fine. Happy Uh, to. What a team player I am. Great. You are. Go do it. Put that on my annual
1: review. Why don't you? By the way, did I tell you that's my new rebuttal to passive aggression? Is just assume that it is friendliness. Fine. I'll go do it. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Appreciate it. Yeah. Like, just give it the g- give all aggression, no benefit of the doubt, and eliminate all of it.
0: <laughs> Wait, did he not get I was trying to martyr myself? <laughs>
1: <Like> they're just <laughs> nope. muttering to themselves as they go off. I just assumed docility. <laughs> uh, the remedy to passive aggression is assuming docility in the aggressor. <laughs> Uncle Mark's Christmas tips. That's right. It's gonna <sh- look. <sh- it's gonna hey, work, kids. <laughs> It's going to work wonders around the Christmas dinner table. Oh, I'm sorry. My opinions are wrong. Maybe I should just shut up
0: then. <laughs> Good idea. Anyway, can you pass the, me the, the no! pears? <laughs> 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 hey, what if the uh, gum were all due to a bit of bad beef? What if that's what it was?
1: They well, if one food? was a bit of bad beef, one was a blot of mustard, one was a crumb yeah. of cheese. I think Future was definitely a fragment of an underdone potato because if you've ever had a fragment of an underdone potato, uh, you will see the Grim Reaper.
0: <laughs>
1: That's just scientific
0: fact. Yeah, they
1: are unpleasant.
0: I watched the National Geographic special about it. It was haunting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, um, all right, let's thermometer on your potatoes, people, unless you want to get visited by, by death himself. Not to yeah. get you, but just to show up and point. Also, if you did,
1: if you did not have, uh, the bit of undigested beef, uh, the blot of mustard or the crumb of cheese and you only had the underdone potato, imagine how weird it would be. Like you wouldn't even know that he was the ghost of Christmas yet to come because no one would have told you what was happening. You would just be like, well, I guess I'm dying tonight. There's the grim reaper. And he's like, no, 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 I get that. I, that happens a lot. Um, I'm the ghost of Christmas yet to come. I'm not the by,
0: Grim Reaper. By the way, I get the uh, the language the flowery language of the foods, but couldn't mm-hmm. he just say I wonder if it was that roast beef sandwich of potato salad I had for lunch. <laughs> it did not sit well the entire afternoon. Yeah, all of those ingredients really could be one meal. Mhm. Oh, yeah. for sure it was. Yeah. Like <laughs> why well, I, I, I breakfast want, mustard and I want cheese to read for a, lunch and yeah. <laughs> a sensible potato dinner.
1: I want Scrooge to write a cookbook.
0: Yeah, <laughs> everything. Of everything it's not. Yeah, it's not
1: <laughs> tablespoons and cups. It's blobs and crumbs and fragments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one crumb of strawberry plus one blot of ham. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Add one undercooked piece of watercress. <laughs> one blot of ham. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh god, that sounds like a like a early, early,
1: early REM album. <laughs> like when they were just in Georgia playing bars. Yeah, just a sitting blot of a, ham. sitting in a <laughs> sitting in a Waffle House trying to figure out what to name their album and looking at the menu.
0: Blot of they, ham. Did Scrooge write this? <laughs> yeah, that was actually the stuff that was stuck to the menu that inspired. <laughs> Isn't that the worst when you go to a restaurant and it's clear? Like I don't understand how food – I understand how food gets onto the cover of a menu. I don't understand yep. how it gets inside. Oh. Because once you've ordered and eaten your food, why are you go back you would like – it, was it some lonely person who ordered a meal by the – like a very sloppy meal and then was mm-hmm. like, I'm bored. I'm going to read this menu <laughs> while I eat. <laughs> I didn't really understand everything in the salad section. I want to really peruse that and get my brain around it.
1: Do you think it happened a lot more back in the day before cell phones? Because I'm imagining that I probably had this happen to me at one point or another. And if I were a parent in those days, it probably would have been the case like, oh, this kid's driving me crazy. Here, read the menu.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But It's not I've...
1: even the kid's menu that has the maze on it. I don't care. Just read this menu. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. Ooh, a Caesar. look at all these healthy heart chicken dishes (laughs) how exciting Uh, wait this Chinese restaurant
1: has sushi how very Tennessee of this place (laughs) oh god all right let's talk about the bit of uh, undigested beef that is the ghost of Christmas past so the ghost of Christmas past, have we, uh, thoroughly, thoroughly mocked Jacob Marley? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered everything that needs to be said there. Okay, good. Let's move on to the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. Who is always depicted. Again, I've got the text of the book in front of me, but you know, there's, it's, it's become such a part of pop culture now that I feel right. like this is just the jumping off point for the character. It's been expanded and changed around and, you know, visually been given many rep- different representations,
0: but I can always a, a big jolly white man, but tons of different representations.
1: No, no, no. This is Christmas past.
0: Isn't he always the big, uh, no man, Christmas like past. Harry, everybody.
1: No, that's the ghost of Christmas present who looks uh, like, uh, like brown beard Santa
0: Claus. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm mixing them up.
1: Yeah no it Cain. was um was the ghost of christmas present and scrooge Right. Scrooge made it all different. They changed everything around. This is how the Ghost of Christmas Past is described Mm -hmm. in the book. It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man, viewed through some supernatural medium, which gave him the appearance of having receded from the view and being diminished to a child's proportions. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on the skin. The arms were very long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Its legs and feet, most delicately formed, were, like those upper members, bare. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, and, in singular contradiction of that wintry emblem, had its dress trimmed with summer flowers— But the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head, there sprung a bright, clear jet of light by which all this was visible and which was doubtless the occasion of its using in its duller moments, a great extinguisher for a cap, which now it held under its arm. And may I say how that is a terrifying description of a ghost. If you wake up and you see this. Old man baby dressed all in yeah. a little white tunic covered in flowers holding a dunce cap. Super ripped. <laughs> With super ripped arms but teeny frail legs like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a lot of gym rats. Sure. Don't skip leg day, everybody. Yeah, don't skip leg day, guys. Yeah, this is – this character I've seen many different versions of. Like sometimes it's sort of a waifish girl. Sometimes it's a sort of feminine boy mm-hmm. Uh, but always – Pixie-ish. Small and frail and pixie-ish, yeah.
0: Or like a fairy, and, like a fairy. And very Sometimes gentle. A, yeah. Of mm-hmm. any gender, it's sort of like a fairy, uh, of the forest. Yeah. It's F-A-E. a very, it's, R-I-E. it's a very
1: gen, uh, non-gendered
0: character. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Now I got it. Now I'm locked in. Now I'm locked in. Now you know so the character. Sorry. Yeah. Now you've, now you're scrolling through all the different versions
0: in your head of what you've seen of this character. Now here's the big question. Okay. The... the question Mm -hmm. does the ghost of Christmas past go back to the past and bet on NBA games (laughs) because they already know the outcome and they are just they've been building a fortune for the day that they retire
1: these are but visions these are but visions
0: you don't think a vision's gonna lay down $100 on the Lakers in 2002? No, I'm saying that what Scrooge and the ghost go back to see in Christmas past are visions.
1: They cannot affect the past in any
0: way. Well, he can't. I bet, I'll bet you that ghost knows what's, like tells everybody that, like it's impossible. We can't affect anything. <laughs> and then like time cop going back to the Lakers. Stocks. Yeah. yeah. Basically the the Ghost of Christmas Past is pulling off the Time Cop villain's plan. Look,
1: I don't hate that idea. Though yeah. I do think that if that were the case, I think it would have been a heck of a lot easier. That would have been a shorter movie. That's yes, true. I am I am I would like to go back in time and and put money on Karate chop to the neck, done.
0: <laughs>
1: or, you know, split. Split jump up in the air split kick.
0: <laughs> the ghost of christmas past is all you could always tell no matter what form they take uh-huh. in popular media they always have the candle extinguisher under one arm and the sports almanac from back to the future two <laughs> under the other <laughs> and that's how you know you're like oh ghost of christmas past if it was yeah. just one of them i wouldn't know oh my God. I, I thought it was old biff or just a candle extinguisher but now i see oh it has yeah. both
1: When it's got both. Let's talk about what The Ghost of Christmas Past does. Mm -hmm. Because this is – this, I think, brings us to the big question of this Mm -hmm. and what initially sparked my interest in this topic. Not that these ghosts aren't wonderful characters in their own right. This one's a little creepy. I'm going to say this is, as a character, probably the weakest for me. Okay. Just because – it, it always, I guess as a kid, because I loved the story so much, the ghost of Christmas past always seemed so small in comparison to what I knew was coming next. It was like, yeah, 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 get to the big loud funny one. <laughs> get to the, <laughs> get to the fun Christmas that has food everywhere and just throwing a big party. Why do I have to see this little, little waifi one? But I think this is, this section of the story is so great. The question that it brings me to is, Would you rather visit your Christmas's past, present, or future?
0: Well, I, you know, I've lost a parent, so I'd rather go to the past. But I I also think from a story perspective, Mm -hmm. they each serve a different purpose, right? And outside of just showing the places to which they travel achieve a certain end. Mm -hmm. The Ghost of Christmas Past is about showing Scrooge who he really is. By going back and showing who he was and how a hard shell has been built around that person and how Mm -hmm. he's pushed his true self away and his ability to be charitable and kind. Then the Mm -hmm. ghost of Christmas present serves to show – to open his eyes to the world around him because he's Mm -hmm. so singularly focused that he's not – he's unaware. So then now he's he remembers who he was. He's found the kindness in him. He's accessed emotions and the trauma that caused him to become callous. He's seen the suffering of people around him, which he's Mm -hmm. never really thought about because he just assumes the worst in every single person and is focused only on the acquisition of wealth, which is the one thing he can count on as money. And then Mm -hmm. the ghost of Christmas future shows him the path that you're on. This is where it leads. And they each serve a purpose of the equation that add up to him being a changed person.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think though, for me, with the way you put it, I think for me, the one that stands out the most as, you know, just as a, within the story itself, the most valuable, I guess not most valuable, the one that seems the most Christmassy, I guess, to me, is, in the spirit of Christmas, is the second one, is the Ghost of Christmas present. Because that to me is, if the first one is, here is a lot of self-reflection. The ghost of Christmas present is present. It's here. It's now. It's in this moment. This is what Christmas is right now. And not only that, this is, we're taking you out of the equation. This is how Christmas is celebrated by everyone. And like you said, that expands it to the world around you. And if that's not the Christmas spirit, I don't know what is. The idea of, you know, looking outward and and spreading love and joy to the people around you.
0: Yeah, I, the the ghost of Christmas past is like a therapist. They're like, let's go look yeah. at things that happened when you were a child to learn more about you. Then the ghost of Christmas present is the person who runs a charity. It is like mm-hmm. you should see here's all the suffering that's going on that you may not even be aware of. And the right. ghost of Christmas future is your uh, teenage child who's just gotten into Bauhaus. <laughs> like we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die. It doesn't matter. This is where you're going, man. You're, hey, is that Gray in Sports
1: Almanac 2050 under your arm? Can I borrow that?
0: Uh Blink. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, but think of it this way. Would you rather spend Christmas with – what was the second one you said? The person who runs the charity? Yeah. Would you think Christmas would be better
0: spent with a charity with your therapist or Bauhaus kid? Well, look, I enjoy giving to charity. I donate to both charities and political Mm -hmm. causes. Like I donate when I can, where I can.
1: I was wondering where that was going to go because you said I've donated to both charities. And I went, does he know there are more than
0: two charities? Oh, there, I know there's a third one, but I haven't looked into them yet. That's fair. I do. I also don't like, you know, sometimes like a charity, like, you may have even given to a charity and then they're collecting somewhere else and you all of a sudden feel guilty about any money that you spend that is not on an absolute necessity, even like mm-hmm. getting getting and giving gifts. I don't like that part of it. Yeah. Oh, did
1: I, did I tell you what we've done the last few years and I love it? What? It was my mom's idea. She was like, I don't want gifts. She's like, give money to a charity that you think would reflect like my values. I'm like, that's a great idea. So now every year we get my mom an animal for a family somewhere. We do a Heifer International. We get her an animal for a family somewhere and then a little stuffed version of it. So my mom wow. now has a goat, a sheep, a cow, a lamb, like, and, and then some stuffed chickens. Like, So she has this little menagerie that she knows elsewhere in the world is someone's farm or multiple people's farms. Anyway, I just thought that was, I thought what a great, uh, so I highly recommend if, if you have people in your family that are like, I don't want anything. Gift, gift giving just feels commercialized and like the wrong spirit of Christmas. I love that way of doing it. Yeah. I also accept gift cards though. Yeah, sure. No, I'll take, I'll take a Best Buy gift card any day. Yeah.
0: I do like, I like the ghost of Christmas past i'm not i don't think we should eliminate any of it i mean Jacob. no
1: no no. i'm not eliminating i'm just saying but, that my personal like for, i don't know and it's just because I, I came into this story so young and it's been such a big part of my christmas every year since i was really little it's been my favorite story for so long and like that's just the one character that i think does an amazing thing but i don't know maybe i'm just i'm more partial to falstaff
0: than banquo well, let's, let, let's talk about Falstaff, the Falstaff of a Christmas carol. Let's talk about yeah. the ghost of Christmas present. It's no surprise you would like him as mm-hmm. an I like him too, or them. Yeah. They He's be, just, he just, got, they, yeah. From the, just from gobbled, the gobbling book, up scenery. Yeah. Just like a, a big, friendly, jovial, down to party, enjoys a feast mm-hmm. is going to show, like, you know, that they know where all the good parties are. Right. And have the best food recommendation. Like if you whatever you want to cook, they're like, oh, I got a great recipe for that. And then they send it to you and you're like, this was great. I didn't think to use butter in a soup. Yeah. And yet (laughs) it's really good.
1: You know what? That's actually not a terrible idea. And I'm going to put a pat of butter every time (laughs) I make a chicken noodle soup.
0: You put it in vegetable soup, like a tomato based soup. It's really, Mm -hmm. really good. It cuts a little bit. Yeah. I
1: like that. So
0: nice. Like a tablespoon is all you need in a big pot.
1: Here's another reason I'm fascinated by the Ghost of Christmas present, aside from mm-hmm. just his gregariousness. Mm-hmm. I love, he has such a, a cool story to me that never really gets told. It gets hinted at and little snip, you find out little snippets of it. Like he says, uh, he, you know, he's sort of absent minded. This character's kind of absent minded. It's because he is, he was just born. That's what fascinates me about the ghost of Christmas present is he is brand new. He exists for one night and for one day, I guess, because at the beginning of it, you know, Scrooge says, he says, do you not know me? And he says, no. And he says, have you met any of my brothers? And he says, how many, how many brothers do you have or brothers and sisters? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Some 1800, meaning every year there is a ghost of Christmas present. It's like baby new year. There's a ghost of Christmas present. And he lives and exists only for that one day. And by the end of it, it's the reason that by the end of that section of the story, his hair is white and he says, my time here is almost done because he only exists for that day. Yeah. And, and, and he gets real dark at the end when he's like, Hey, this is how, look how great Christmas is. Isn't this great? Here are ignorance and want to emaciated children hiding underneath the folds of his robe with sunken eyes. Like he provides Scrooge a little nightmare right at the end. Ugh. I don't know. I think these he's so, there's so many crazy layers to this. And I think his, his story makes my imagination
0: move. It's so funny uh that you mentioned that backstory. Cause I had a different backstory for him. Oh really? Yeah. Go on. Ten years ago a crack commando unit was sent <laughs> to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. I hate you. This sometimes. man promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade into the Los <laughs> Angeles dramatic. underground. Today, still wanted by the government. He survives as a soldier of fortune. If you have a problem, I hate you. no one else can help, and you can find him, maybe you can hire the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. It's yeah. just gonna die, like <laughs> I'm so ex- oh it's so early in the evening. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. I also, hope if you're alive
1: forever. if you're alive for one <laughs> Oh, wait. Say that again. I cut you off and that's a really funny bit.
0: <laughs> I hope this night never ends. Also have you met my 1800 <laughs> brothers and sisters? Cause I short sure haven't. They all died. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm putting this together now. Hold on. Yeah. Imagine that ceremony. One must die so the other may be born. Huh. One must die so the other may be born. Oh, mum shibai. Oh, shibai. Oh, shibai. Kalima shakti day. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's – uh it, look, and you got to hand it to this particular Ghost of Christmas present. I don't know mm. what the previous 1,820 or however many there were, Ghosts of right. Christmas present. I don't know what they did with their one day. They get one day. One day more. And it's Christmas. Another day, another destiny. <laughs> they get one day and mm. it's Christmas. And this particular Ghost of Christmas present – Takes a real bullet being like, you know what? I'm alive for one day. And what do I do on my one day that I'm alive? Which happens to be Christmas, by the way. I show this guy around who, by the way, at this point in the story is still mostly a jerk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. true. It's
1: altruistic.
0: Do you think that, uh, do you think this, what do you think the worst Ghost of Christmas Present was like,
1: <laughs> Uh Gray Sports Almanac. No, he wouldn't know, would he? That's He's only around for a past. day. That's yeah. the Ghost of Christmas Past. What would the what? It, <laughs> I imagine that the worst Ghost of Christmas Present. Just went around the different homes because he knows where all the good food is and just full-on picked one of the seven deadly sins, in this case, gluttony, and just went to town. Everybody's looking at their plate like, "What happened? where'd my dinner go? Didn't we have a great Christmas dinner lined up? Like, we had... We had mashed potatoes and green bean casserole. They were right here a second ago. Meanwhile, there's this green-robed giant monster who's quickly aging and stuffing his face with all of your food.
0: (laughs) Oh, you want to see what's um, what's happening down the road?
1: (laughs) Or if there was one that was just super into Christmas movies and he just – God here's like I got 24 hours to watch Hallmark, or you know what? I'm gonna switch on AMC. I'm just gonna watch A Christmas Story 11 times, <laughs>
0: or watches one movie that shows up at your house with a series of cards with phrases written on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Bates>, carolers. <laughs> <laughs> to
1: me, you are perfect. There's this creepy. I think he's been watching Love Actually. This very large, bearded, green-robed man. Who's rapidly aging?
0: He's so old. You think he drank out of the wrong grail. (laughs) That's what their parents did. One Christmas, they went hunting for the Holy Grail. And then they – I know it was before the Holy Grail. Just humor me. It's a podcast. And then (laughs) they each took a sip. Like you know, at a Jewish wedding, you're supposed to take a sip out of the Kiddush cup. And this one they took out uh, of the wrong grail. (laughs) But it's only a really little sip. (laughs) <laughs> so now their kids each live for it. Their kids are born and they just immediately start oh. Julian Glovering their way to death.
1: Yeah, but they don't Julian because it was a little sip, they don't Julian Glover in those thirty seconds. They do it over the course of a whole day. Oh, you'd have to time lapse it to really get yeah. that effect, but oh my God. it happens. <laughs> okay. So have we have we exhausted uh the I feel like we've talked more about the ghost of Christmas present than the lifespan of a ghost of Christmas present.
0: This is true. We, I think we're ready to move on yeah. to the Slim Reaper. The,
1: <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Present is my current – he's in the number one slot for me right now. I would never have guessed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's in your number one slot right now? You don't have one that's taken the, the – Undecided. The, okay. Undecided. Right. I see, like, oh, see Merit in all of them. Yeah. I, am, I, see, I see Merit. I am not poo-pooing any of the others. And one of those others we'll talk about right now. That is the ghost of Christmas yet to come, which is the pretentious way of saying the ghost of Christmas future. So I like movies that call him the ghost of Christmas future. Mm -hmm. It's all the like uh, early old ones that call him the ghost of Christmas yet to come. No, I don't know. (laughs) I do like that too.
0: Yeah. Because that actor who delivers that line is like, my word count is too low. (laughs) (laughs) I need three more words.
1: Yet to come. Say yet to come. Well, no, technically it's only two more words. Well, it used to be future, now it's
0: Christmas, yet to come. So I've added three
1: words. Well, yeah, but you've removed one. Somebody get
0: me a mustard blot. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look, all I have is this crumb of cheese. Fair enough. No, 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 don't do that. A ghost of Christmas present will show up. (laughs) Ghost, Come and know me better, man. You thought you were done with me. I'm alive for one day, and it shall be spent annoying you. (laughs) So yeah, the the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Uh, you know what? I take back what I said before. I think I prefer yet to come now. Oh, really? I guess it's maybe it's in the modern adaptations they say Christmas future. Yeah, but correct ones. (laughs) Either way, Charles Dickens got lazy and just described the Grim Reaper. Yep. So that's really all that this, like, this character is, though, you know, you can, onto a blank slate, you can pretty much put anything you want, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you've got this cloaked figure, you never see his face, so you don't know if he's, or her, or their face, you don't know if there's a skeleton under there, it's just a dark hood. You can guess because it's, you know, bone fingers that are sticking out of the robe. Though I don't know if it's in the book or if it's just the cloak that you see. It's just a black cloak. So that is like the ghost in Scream. That is terrifying already. No sound, no talking, just points every once in a while. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this guy?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of creepy, points at stuff, doesn't get to tell. I'm more interested in his internal monologue than anything that happens while he's on screen because it's just all, like, dark. Like, oh, look, I'm going to point at a grave. That's basically what I do. But inside inside his head, he's probably like, a loaf of bread, dozen eggs, (laughs) corn milk, (laughs) a couple sticks of butter, got to get more canned peas when I'm out of canned. Why did – oh, what am I cooking is using all these canned peas?
1: Uh why are you mm-hmm. still why why are you just pointing at a tree, Ghost of Yet ah, to Come?
0: Crap, I ought to point at that grave. There we go.
1: What no this what next mean? to the tr- Oh dear God
0: I gotta get condensed milk.
1: Tell me Why spirit? is
0: that in my head?
1: Tell me what? I may wipe the name clean from this headstone. I am not the uh, man I was.
0: Oh don't respond. Don't I respond, shall keep baby Christmas
1: me. in my heart?
0: The past,
1: the present, and the future shall all live within me. Just
0: be cool. Just be cool. You can, you've done this a million times.
1: Save me, spirit. Tell me I can be saved. That I've yet hope.
0: That's right. Nothing. Don't give him anything. Don't you give him anything yet to come.
1: Oh, won't you
0: speak to me, spirit? Come on, YTC. Stay strong. Stay. Speak to me just point Got to point
1: i'm gonna do it point don't in. just point speak to me uh, send it back send it back oh this is too hard <laughs> why it's christmas morning
0: oh goodness i gotta go shop
1: <laughs> hey hal can you hear that in the background by the what? way wait what day is this
0: <laughs> is it time for the break you boy go fetch some of the other podcasts for the max fund network (laughs) who me that's right you and keep one podcast for yourself we'll be right back Merry podcast everybody all right mark we've both talked about fortunato chocolate here one of our proud sponsors and the we got this we've also
1: talked about fortunato chocolate off mic That's true. And how much we enjoy it. And now we're going to talk about it together.
0: What are your crib notes?
1: Uh, My my crib notes for Fortunato chocolate? Okay, I'll give my crib notes. Uh, Since 2008, Fortunato number 4 chocolate has been prized by top chocolatiers and pastry chefs in Michelin-starred restaurants. I wrote that note down. Also on my crib sheet, I see, oh, here we go. It's made from rare organically grown heirloom cacao from the jungles of northern Peru and has never been available to the general public
0: until now. I want to talk about is that, that for a second. Can get you a pretty good. Yes, I think it's a big deal. This is like high-end restaurant-quality chocolate that you can have delivered to your home. It's yeah. made by a family company that has direct relationships with over 400 farmers and a socially conscious business model that actually helps farm families earn more. Now, you can get a lot of different choices. You get 36 percent milk, 47 percent dark milk, and 68 percent dark. And they're sold in one. Which is your 1- favorite? Hold on, oh, hold on! I, I know
1: you're you're just trying to get oh, right man. through the copy. You're trying I, no, to no, the no, no. Co-
0: we're
1: talking I, about I, the chocolate, Hal.
0: I wanted to talk about the chocolate. Don't call. You me were just up, burning through the copy adam- to
1: get to talking about the chocolate, Mark. You're embarrassing me in front of Fortunato chocolate. I think my I'm favorite. Sorry, I don't hear. You know what, Hal? Here, take a bite
0: of this. Right.
1: This is the thirty-six oh, yeah. percent milk.
0: You want me to chew on Mike? I'll do it.
1: Yeah, I'll chew do on it my right home, now. I hate look,
0: chewing on Mike. I want to say the dark because the dark is so good. They both have, mm-hmm. uh, and I talked about this uh, when I did the ad, a depth of flavor that is sort of out of this world that you don't expect. Like, I expect yeah. it to be good chocolate. I don't expect it to be the best chocolate I've ever had in my life. You didn't
1: expect so- to eat it and feel like you were traveling. That's what yeah. I thought. I was like, I feel like I'm traveling when I eat this chocolate. It feels like it is from another place and time, and that's, that I'm experiencing that.
0: Yeah, I felt like, oh, this should be in a ganache at the Four Seasons, not on my cutting board <laughs> as Jennifer and I sample it and go like, how do we say it? we got? We have to use this in some baking recipes? We got to make this stretch. I think so I, I love the, the 47% dark milk is fantastic and mean, they're all great. I think the milk chocolate mm-hmm. is my favorite because I'm so used yeah, to – Yeah, the milk chocolate's so good. I'm used to like the general kind of processed chocolate flavor where like this milk mm-hmm. chocolate is pretty good but to actually have it like properly made high end milk chocolate. That is a real treat. Well, I'll tell you, people can get that treat now. They used to not yes. be
1: able to, but now the general public can actually get Fortunato number no. four chocolate sold in 1.1pound bars with minimal packaging to keep it affordable. Visit podcastchocolate.com/we got this. That's podcastchocolate.com/We got this, and uh, they can try it for themselves. Yes, do it now, and you're welcome in advance. And we're back. Did you hear that siren, by the way? Well, now there goes. Oh, again. I still listen. hear it. I thought it was Okay, a listen. Okay, do you hear that? Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't sound like the big buildup late in the John Williams Superman theme.
0: Yes, it really does. Doesn't it? Where the yes.
1: horns are going. ba Right? Yes. I think that every time I hear an Italian uh ambulance go by cuz and then I think to myself, it's cool, Superman's on it. <laughs> He's fixing everything in Italy. <laughs> that that old ghost of Christmas present is just going around screwing up. Yeah. I don't look I don't know it's not it's not Christmas yet. You know what it is? It's the ghost of September 25th. <sighs> Like, if you were a ghost of Christmas present, that's a good one to be. If you're the ghost of, like, March 9th. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I keep going back to the ghost of Christmas present. We're talking about the Grim Reaper, the Slim Reaper, the ghost of Christmas future, yet to come, whatever we're calling him.
0: By the way, the ghost of December 26th is just a receipt with a beard. (laughs) (laughs) And boxing
1: gloves, because he's Canadian.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, a box. (laughs) Filled with boxing gloves. Oh God. Do you think anybody ever returns boxing gloves on boxing day? I mean they have to. Somebody at least gets what is a joke. Right. You know. Probably an American got it like, huh, see, like boxing, and the Canadians are like, Yeah, that's like, that's drape. not what it is. It's, like, it's a <laughs> box that you gave your servants the day after Christmas with food and stuff in it. It's British. Oh, is that what it is? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just knew it wasn't about boxing. No, it's literally a box. Oh will be like all right. serpent's day off i think if i'm not mistaken we'll have to let we'll me. have to
1: ask the uh ghost of boxing day present who is very polite
0: sorry um yeah that's right if you want it to be right that's okay yeah all
1: right let me ask you this hal because i asked it about the ghost of christmas past and the ghost mm. of christmas present would you want i guess i didn't ask about christmas present but of course you want to see the present christmas would you want to see a future christmas
0: mm I like the anticipation of the future.
1: But you would know what your presents were.
0: Counterpoint. Yeah, but I've I like to I like not knowing. Like, that's the fun. You yeah. to open up. I'm,
1: I'm with you. It's and it's of course not just about the presence. Like the and idea determined. of the idea of knowing the future to me is daunting and scary and horrifying. And as yeah. curious as I would be about it, it feels like something that just needs to happen in its time.
0: Yeah, it's it's that's a tremendous burden to know the Mm -hmm. future. Yeah, and and it becomes, I mean, in this case, Scrooge is like, "Tell me, this is what what could be, not what will be." And then he changes his ways. Oh man, I gotta go
1: shopping. I gotta get a blot of mustard, a crumb of (laughs) cheese, (laughs) a bit of bad beef. (laughs) Look, we gotta have something. Somebody do this again next year.
0: (laughs) That sounds like all the stuff that would be at a mouse buffet. (laughs) Uh, Every time I go to the bad bit of beef carving station, I feel like I have to strike up a conversation with the carver and neither of us is into it. And then we wind up just talking about the weather, which we've both been outside. It hasn't changed radically. (laughs) Uh, I like to serve your own blots of mustard bar much better. (laughs) They have soft serve
1: blots of mustard, right? Or is it the you have to scoop it?
0: It's, they're both. They have hard mustard and soft oh, mustard. Oh, cool. And you can oh, that's
1: good. What you they like. have
0: yeah. toppings? Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's a huge fixin's bar good. with other mustards.
1: <laughs> All right. So, look, there's not really much to say about the Ghost of Christmas yet to come, except that he is blank slate so you can overlay whatever you want onto him. Right. He shows Scrooge some horrifying things. Uh, a bunch of people... Callously, uh, raiders, people who had raided his home. And I believe one of them was his maid, just selling all of his belongings to old Joe. There's that scene. There's a scene of a bunch of people standing around talking about what a jerk he was. Right. Uh, and then there's, um, oh, we didn't even talk about this with Christmas present with Bob Cratchit, him showing him his clerk and being like, see, see what you did? This is the continuation of that. We can talk about it here. The ghost of Christmas yet to come being like, see what happens, not just to you, but look what your awfulness did to, I'm, I'm taking an alley oop and I'm going to get the dunk from, uh, Ghost of Christmas present on this one because he showed you who the Cratchits were. You didn't even know that he had kids and a wife and one of his kids was on crutches. I'm going to show you the absolute worst version of what happens to this family. <laughs> and that is, that is a harsh move, but a well, you know, a needed one, uh, for Scrooge. Do you think that, like, I'm not certain that just seeing Christmas present changed Scrooge entirely. And I don't think that it was just his past and the future that involves him uh, that changed him entirely either. I think it might be a good combination of all of those, like the Venn diagrams cross at the scene where the ghost of Christmas yet to come is uh showing him what could happen to cratchit and scrooge actually cares sure sure it builds to that mhm which i think is uh it's i guess it, it, i'm just thinking about it now like that seems to me like that is the the him seeing himself on a grave like look everybody dies it's the future you're an old man already it could be you know like it's not so much that he's seeing his grave. It's that he's seeing the grave of the people who were saying bad things about the person whose name they never mentioned.
0: It also is kind of bad because it's, it's Tiny Tim's grave that they're visiting and he – Oh, they're visiting sick, Tiny Tim's grave. Yeah. But he – yeah. But he's, his assumption is like, oh, I definitely outlived this sick kid. <laughs> like <laughs> I definitely – what are we like – are we like – is it next year? Is it next year? Oh. Is it two years? Is that what it is? Because it's definitely – I know I lived longer. And then, like, jokes on you—you're also <laughs> dead, punk! Oh God, yeah. So this is this is, a, this is a
1: a dark one.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's I I think because he just points and stuff. Yeah, he really lets the scenery do all the work instead of it doesn't like narrate us through it. It's just it, like it's that it's that point where Dickens is is thinking I'm close to the end of the book. <laughs> this segment doesn't have to be too long. We don't does. Does this ghost really need to say a bunch of stuff, or can they just point at everything? That'll be way better. They'll point; they won't say anything. He'll figure it all out himself. So really, Scrooge is doing all the work there.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just gonna stand there and think about his shopping list and point. Yeah, it's funny that you mention Dickens thinking. I'm almost done with this because this was. Did we talk about this on the show before that this was a commission of sorts? I don't know that we did, but one of my favorite same. one of my favorite crazy bits of you know christmas trivia i guess is that in the 1800s christmas had gotten so out of hand as a rowdy like it was more like santa con than christmas just a okay. bunch of drunk people in the street right and there was a concerted effort by the english to make christmas not that anymore so this was by the, the members of high society sort of all agreed that we've got to clean Christmas up. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. Charles, why don't you write a story where Christmas is all about the joyful spirit and, uh, you know, harmony with your fellow man? And so Dickens kind of invented the modern version of that, of the Christmas spirit being this. Because before right. this, it was just a drunken party. And then um, after that, in the United States, sort of as like a tag team effort, the United States said, we're going to make this about kids. So Clement Moore and Thomas Nast kind of teamed up with A Visit from St. Nicholas mm-hmm. uh, and told the story of Santa Claus and, you know, uncovered that story and really dug into it and put that story out into the world, let them know what they'd found. So that uh, it was kind of a weird one-two punch of Christmas completely changing from just a big drunken street party. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we had stepped out of the story for a second. But yeah, I just thought that was a fun, that it was like it was a concerted effort in both Britain and the United States by both of those men to change what Christmas fundamentally was. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. Right? Very interesting.
1: This might all get cut because I realize I do run the risk of being that one particular Saturday evening post cover right now. And I don't mean to be. <laughs> I want you to be.
0: I think this is I think this ultimately comes down to past versus present. So Oh, see, I was going to say
1: it I was going to say I think it comes down to Marley versus present.
0: Marley? You really want to bring him back into this? I look, I just I his story fast – Christmas past is a facilitator. Christmas past's job is to
1: show Scrooge around. There's really no story aside from I'm made of light, there's a light on my head, I'm a teeny creepy old man. That shows you your past, but you can't really do anything in it. Jacob Marley is, has been, he's Shakespearean. He's been dragging chains around for seven years. Uh, Christmas present lives for one day. Like these are, these are epic, heady stories that could have their own entire tale told about them.
0: What are, what are, what are the criteria we're going by here? By what criteria are those your two finalists? I'm curious to see. I,
1: Mike, well, my criteria, I guess since we never really established it at the top, we skipped that part. Yeah. The criteria that just popped up in my brain were which of these are the most interesting? Okay. You know what I mean? And the most interesting ones to me are those two characters. I think Christmas past is not a terribly interesting character. I think much in the same way Christmas future, I'm sorry, Christmas yet to come in that way that Scrooge is doing most of the work. The first one is just a book report on who Scrooge is. Right. And he is learning through seeing this. And we're obviously learning the story of his life. And he's being reminded of things. And he's the one who's going on a journey at that point. The Ghost of Christmas Past is just facilitating by showing him what's already happened. Can't change anything. Can't do anything. There's no real story to that character. Christmas future is the same thing. Christmas future, there's no real story to Ghost of Christmas future because that's not the point of the story at that point. And the Ghost of Christmas future is the same way. Sorry, the Ghost of Christmas yet to come is the same way. They're facilitating Scrooge seeing what his life could be. And I can see that. Christmas present is also that, but he has this added detail of he's only alive for one day, which is imaginative and cool. And Jacob Marley has an entire history with Scrooge and sets this whole thing into motion to begin with. That's why, for me, it seems like it's between those two. Why would you rule Marley out? Did you go
0: in deciding he was not the one? I just feel like he's only really works with one person. I feel like the other ghosts (laughs) are serving the whole world. and. (laughs) <laughs> that like he's sort of got the easiest job and the rest of the the rest of the year he's just sort of wandering around and yeah he's got the chains and the money boxes and just which means he's know. not wandering fast i just yeah i just look at him and i go like what's your deal man <laughs> i'm not into you, have you a toothache but, yeah you have a toothache you make noise everywhere you go it's annoying
1: can i tell you another great moment yeah that i love of jacob marley's before we eliminate him. <laughs> sure. And this is more in the Shakespearean performance of it because in the book, it's a much more terrifying thing. Scrooge says he does it right after that blot of mustard crumb and cheese. There's more of gravy than of grave about you. And then thunderous, uh you know, terrified. The, the ghost suddenly becomes terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then... Scrooge cowers in front of the ghost and the ghost says, now do you believe in me? And he says, I must, I do. Now, when you have the technology or the book in front of you and the imagination to create this giant, dramatic fear moment, it's really something. But when all you have is the dude from the old Vic and the scene goes, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. Now, do you believe in me? Yes, I must. Just an actor having that, like, nope, you gotta do it yourself moment is amazing to me. Uh, Leo G. Carroll in the Reginald Owen version of it. That is just another one of those great, it's like the jaw drop moment. Yeah. But I get it. Uh, If you think that, if you think that he's only, you know, do you think
0: that he's only there for You're going by, like, which the role protagonist?
1: Yeah, kind of. No, I'm just going by, I would love to play Jacob Marley at some point, but I'm going by which characters I find the most exciting.
0: He doesn't have, like, what powers
1: does he have outside of just showing up? He can't take him anywhere. That's true. Christmas present has that cone that makes people nice. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot about that. Like... They both carry cones. One carries part one carries cone. Uh, Christmas past carries a cone, which is uh, to douse out the light shooting out the top of its head. And uh, Christmas present carries a cone that he waves, it and it makes people nice.
0: Come on, man! How's it not Christmas present? And uh, the ghost of Christmas future carries a cone, but it's around his neck, so he doesn't lick his own wounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's so dumb it's the <laughs> stupidest thing i've said this morning which is really saying something yeah come on man you know it's true you know it's the ghost of christmas present i think it is the ghost of christmas present i think the ghost of christmas present seems like the most fun and hey if only because they they're only getting each one only gets 24 hours on this earth
1: <laughs> yeah that's they have to be fun you know, there yeah. were probably in the 1800. There were a few stinkers, and there was that one that stole everybody's food. But sure. By and large, a ghost of Christmas present is going to be fun.
0: Yeah. We'll have a good old time. The ghost of Christmas present. People of the world, you get visited by a lot of ghosts at Christmas. It is ghost city up in here. But the best ghost of all, the most special ghost, isn't around for that long. Sorry about it. Yeah. It's the ghost of uh of Christmas present. Big old young Santa Claus, then old Santa Claus. was it come out of babies? Is it just uh some weird ceremony? When the holy grail, the parents, the whole thing. That's the reason why. That's the reason why, folks. Now you know. The greatest spirit you can be visited by is the ghost of Christmas present. That's asked, and that's answered.
1: Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. This topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to
0: us on Twitter or you can email us at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or visit our Facebook group. It would be ever so kind of you if you did. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jennifer Alba. And thanks to our musicians, Jonathan Dynastein and Mike Furman
1: for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us an opportunity to say to you right now, God bless us, everyone.
0: For How Loveland, I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm How Loveland. Don't worry, everybody. We got, we got this. We got this.
1: Maximumfun.org
0: Comedy and culture.
1: Artist owned, audience supported.